bien. You know yourselves, John. It's it's a, it's a special. It's a, it's a huge honor, like to win to win what I what I did, what I won last night. But you know, my mother and father, and I'm more so delighted for them, John, and I'm more so delighted for for my club, St. Patrick's, and everyone and everyone down there, and all the hard work that's been put in over the number of years there. And um, as I said, it's it's a great honor to win. But I like to park these things and move on from them. You know, you it is important to like we had a we had a lovely night in the in the house here last night with just family, and it was nice to celebrate it. But I'm ready to move on now and ready to get cracking on the 2021 season. You know, I leave the celebrating to the I leave the celebrating and reminiscing to them. You know, there's plenty of time for that in the future when when you can look back in your career. But um, as I said, it's it's important to note what what uh, what we achieved as a team and what I achieved last night in terms of winning the earlier of the year. Something that I always wanted to win. You know, my motto was somebody has to win it. So why not why not you? You know, if you are willing to put in the hard work, everything is achievable. So. Yeah, it was a, it was a brilliant night, and it kind of wasn't sinking in really. And uh, as I said, then we had a really really nice evening here yesterday. And um, yeah, it's class. It is it is a it's a phenomenal honour, and I'm delighted to be uh, joining a list of incredible hurlers. When you look back through the list of who's won it, you know, and who, and who hasn't won it as well, which is which is mad to think uh, of the hurlers that, of the unbelievable hurlers that haven't won it. You know, so very honoured. And the 2021 season, there's a lot of uncertainty, obviously, around with it at the moment. How are you finding things? Is it a very frustrating time? Or are you just like Willow Dunn, who was saying a couple of weeks ago, chilling out and relaxing? Mm, that's all I've been doing, you know. And I suppose we were lucky. I know we, I heard that some teams were kind of back training before the All Ireland was even over this year, you know. And that'd be a tough position to be in now because, you know, yourself, stop starting is never good. So we, we were given a break till the start of February and we were, we were obviously penciling to, get, to go back training and start of February, uh, which was a lovely break. And obviously, then. Um, Restrictions got um, got announced again at the end of January that they were being extended. So obviously that our plans for going back to Ireland were shelves. And it's been nice. It's been nice. I, I was saying myself and my girlfriend were down in Ballybunion for uh, down around New Year's and we stayed down for like six weeks. We were teaching from home down there and just working away during the day and going down to the beach then down with the two dogs and poking around and having a bit of crack going for a few swims and just relaxing, chilling out. And uh, it was a nice change of scenery as well just to get away and just to reset. Um but as I said, I'm looking forward to getting back. I I don't pay too much attention to, to what's going on. So I always kind of, in terms of the cases and all that kind of stuff. But I know, obviously, the GA was taken off the Elite Register. But I heard that there's talks that it'll be back on. So hopefully, they'll get that sorted sooner rather than later. I thought John Horn was excellent on the Ulster um, on the programme last night in terms of what he said, you know. So I think it shortened the winter for everybody in terms of the 2020 season. It, you know, it was a huge... It was a huge. It was just a thing for people to talk about rather than talking about coronavirus case numbers. So, hopefully, they get that looked after sooner rather than later, and we can get cracking back at training. Um, because yeah, it's, it's it's we're near we're into the nearly into the start of March now, you know. So, um, if it's possible, as I said, I don't pay too much attention to what's going on. I know there's people people working on this thing all the time. So, hopefully, we get back sooner rather than later. But sure, everybody is saying that about life for the last twelve months. So I don't know what to believe anymore. You know. Cheers, Rod. Congrats again. Thanks, John. Hey, Gerard, um You mentioned before that um, last year a lot of your success was down to not doing that extra work. Like, how are you training at the moment in terms of obviously going back? Like, yeah, I have. Like, we're we're not we're not training. Uh, we're not sure. training at the moment. To be honest, you know, like whenever we whenever we are low back training, they're not going to say you know they're not going to announce the championship and there's going to be games in the in two or three weeks after the announcement. You know, so we will have plenty of time to train and. 
as I said, that's one thing that I learned usually last year. Um, obviously, with how the year went in the end, but just to trust, trust, trust is a huge is a is a huge thing in our in our camp. But just to trust the lads, trust the the backroom team and the and the management that they that they know what to do. And you know, Mikey Kylie is a qualified strength and conditioning coach. Paul Knurk is obviously hugely talented. Uh, trainer so on and so forth like just to trust that they know what they're doing and if they're telling us that we are still okay to take a break and that we'll be ready for games whenever they're on you know it's just to trust those lads because they got it right last year and probably the hardest year ever in terms of logistically planning a year in terms of training and so on and so forth so yeah we're still kind of on a break I suppose lads at this stage I even know myself even in the last week in the last week 10 days that I am kind of itching to get back and I did, I did one or two small bits there during the week, nothing major, but um, I am looking forward to getting back. And that's what I'm saying. It is a team sport. Like individually training is tough. And I know it's it was grand last year and it'll be grand for a couple of weeks, but it's I find it really tough after a while. And I just love training in a team setting with others, other lads pushing you on at different stages. And as I said, I'm hoping to get back training sooner rather than later, you know. And another one for me, the GA Congress is on next week. And one of the motions is um, basically the cynical fell any, anywhere inside the 20 meter line over the yeah, and I, I actually only heard this in the in the last call I was on. I didn't realise that that was going to going to Congress. Um, I don't know. Like I know the black hair came in a couple of years ago for the football, but that was that was badly needed. Cynical fouling was ongoing for um, a long time in football, and that was needed. Personally, I don't think it's needed just yet in Hurling. I know it's starting to creep in a little bit, um, but I don't think, just my own opinion, look, whatever they decide on, they decide on, but the players don't get asked these things anyway. They also, whatever I think won't be won't be relevant to what when they sit down and, and ask the questions. But I, I don't think personally it's needed yet. I know it's creeping in a small bit, but yeah, that's just my opinion. Would you be frustrated that players don't get brought in on final decisions? Like I know there was a bit of backlash this year when they when they talked about this or last year when they, the slitters they changed the slitters from the white to the yellow slitters, um, but I think there was, again that was a bit of miscommunication because I know I think it was I, I can't remember who came out and said it but like the slitters that they use over in the over in the GP or in the New York and Boston events like they were they're horrendous slitters and that, I think that's kind of they're the yellow slitters so they're the kind of slitters I think that people thought they were going to use them. But obviously they weren't. They were the exact same as the as the slitters that we use all the time. They were just a different colour. And you know, I actually think they work quite well. Obviously, it was a winter championship. Whether the championship goes ahead or not at that time of year, I don't know. But um, do I think players could be involved a bit more uh, in these in these decisions? I do. You know, the players are the ones playing the games. Whether how how that would be facilitated or not, I don't know. As I said, I don't pay too much attention to what does be going on in terms of that kind of level. But um, yeah. Thanks. Big road. Um, obviously, there was a bit of tragic news during the week for the squad. Um, that uh, you, you touched on it late last night in the RTE show that your physio passed away. Um, I'd imagine it was quite a setback for the squad, like in quite a poignant <laughs> week, was it? Yeah, his funeral was on yesterday morning, and we were all there. We all gave him a guard of honor. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it kind of. I got I got actually much more emotional than I thought I would. You know, it just shows you that how much he he touched us all. He was incredible man. He's battling cancer. Like obviously, it was only a real short segment last night in RT. But like Mark has been Mark van Drumt has been physio. I think it's thirteen years with Limerick. I think he's spent five years with the footballers, and then he's been with the Herders for the last eight years. And he was involved with us in the twenty ones, and that's where I got to know him. I got a real bad injury in the Munster final in under twenty one. Um, 
John probably remember we were playing Clare in, in, in Ennis and they were going for four in a row and I got a, a real bad injury in my ankle and he, he the, the specialist um, that I went to see in, in Santry was mad for me to get surgery um, obviously in a few days after the game and there was three there was three weeks between every game under 21 I always remember and it was, a, it was a couple of days after the Munster final obviously we beat Clare in the Munster final and the specialist was mad for me to, it was surgery 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 and Mark Van Drumt was so, he was so, uh, he was, he couldn't enforce it more that he didn't believe that I need surgery. Um, he was going against the specialist opinion that I didn't need surgery. And he said, look, if you need surgery at the end of the year, by all means, you can go for surgery. But I don't think you should go for surgery now. Just try rehab it as best you can and see what happens over the next couple of, couple of, uh, couple of days and weeks leading up to we were playing golf in the other semi-final. And he did an unbelievable job to get me where he did. And he got me, he got me, um, he got me back for that game. And he looked after me so well and something that I always remembered. Um, and that was probably my best game in the under-21 season that year against Colwyn in the semi-final. And I, I never went for surgery in the end. So he was obviously proven proven correct in, in his opinion there. But uh, he went over over and, over and above uh, what he needed to do for me at that moment. And he always did that over the next... He was with us, as I said, from then on. In 2016, obviously, a lot of us came onto the panel and he's been with us ever since. And he's been fighting a savage battle with loads up and down. Like he was told eight years ago that he had a year... Max two to live and he was such a battler, you know, he was an incredible person and full of character. It's just an always someone that you could go have a bit of crack with before training, whether you've been strapped or rubbed or whatever. And you know, he's with lads dealing with injuries at their worst times and he was always such a, a great guy to great guy to be dealing with. And as I said, he took unfortunately took a bad turn last six months or so. But even like the lead up to the All Ireland final, he was with us on the Friday night, he was with us at every training session where as somebody said, like other people, but his sickness wouldn't have been able to get out of bed and he was still coming to training with us. And, you know, it was sad to see the, unfortunately, the, the deterioration cancer took over in the last couple of months. And it was quite sad. And obviously it was extremely sad that he that he passed. But it was nice to it was nice to go to his funeral in difficult circumstances and give him a great send off yesterday. You know, so it's very sad. A young man, you know, leaving a young family behind. And that's, I suppose, life is cruel, you know, but what can you do? It must have been nice even the fact that you won in All-Ireland in, in the last game that he would have been involved with you. Yeah, I was even talking to his wife. Um, he, obviously, it was unfortunate that he wasn't, he wasn't able to come. He wasn't able to go to games with us this year, but he was at every training session. And I was talking to his wife, Leone, um, as I said, on the RT and the All-Stars that he rang. She rang me when I was on the way up to Dublin. And I, I was like, what is, is, uh, is Leone ringing me for? And obviously, it was to tell me about my brother that on Mark's deathbed he was talking about my brother. Obviously, he was he was he was looking after my brother Dermot when he when he did the crucian. As I said, he's only recovering from it, but uh, making sure that he was getting looked after and he was with a proper SNC coach and so on and so forth. It just shows you the character of the guy. But yeah, he was. Leone told me in that phone call. Obviously, we were chatting and. In 2018, he was he was quite sick in 2018 as well, and uh, Leone asked him. What, what, what was the one thing that he wanted to see before he died, you know, because they always expected that it was coming. As I said, he was told eight years ago, he had not long to live. And he always said he just wanted to see Limerick in all Ireland. So I suppose he got to see two, really, you know. So um, it's never a nice time to go, but I suppose he did He did go just after we won, our, won a second one, you know, for him. So, so yeah. Um, just going back to your Player of the Year award, did you get many messages some other players around the country or who was were there any few that jumped out to you now? Um I suppose to be honest with you, my phone was happening all night last night and 
that's one thing that I, I've, I've tried to challenge myself on to not not be scrolling on social media and not be looking at text messages you know I can do that today when when as I said we were having a bit of a party last night and I can do that today so I don't really know who's been on to me I know I have loads and loads of messages but I wouldn't expect I wouldn't expect uh, anyone from other counties to be texting me or anything like that you know the most important thing to me is to have the respect to the players to, to, to all the lads when we go train and have the respect to the man, of the management and the backroom staff and that's what's important to me and as I said, it's a great. It was a great night for my family, and it was obviously a great night for me as well. But I'm ready. I'm ready to move on now from it and get cracking on 2021 season. And you talked before about you know the fact that when you were younger, you would have been told by people that you you weren't good enough to play hurling for Limerick, which obviously gave you a chip on the shoulder. Was that an important thing to have mm. as your development as a player? And do you hope to keep that chip on the shoulder now? Because obviously, with success, you know you could lose that. Yeah, definitely. And that, as I said, that is that's going to be a huge challenge for me going forward. To make sure that I'm I'm still doing the things, still doing everything that got me, you know, still putting in all the hard work. And um, yeah, it's funny. Even my my sister's boyfriend was here last night, and he was showing me a, a message that he had. A few of them had uh, had phoned from 2016 about when we a, lo- a load of us came on the panel and um, from the under 21 team. And there was a fella, some fella posted up, and I think it was the Hogan stands for or something that there's no way I should be on the panel. He's too slow. His hurling isn't good enough. So on and so forth, you know. And I didn't see, I didn't know that message existed, but I, I had pre, loads of uh, previous experiences of, of similar, you know, of people telling that you that you weren't good enough or hearing through the grapevine, so on and so forth. And yeah, that was a massive motivation for me over the years. You know, I, I always believed that I could get to where I wanted to get to and I could do what I wanted to do. And um, it was just getting it out of me. And that's something that I've talked about in 2020 in terms of my consistency was in, in all the games was the thing that I'm probably most proud of. Um, but yeah, that that was something that I that always um, gave me huge motivation, and it's something that I'll have to challenge myself on going forward. You know. And I know you've spoken a lot about you know the importance of Caroline Curd and just your own mental game and, and working on that, and that must have been something you took satisfaction from. You know, when you're coming into the final on the back of a few good games, it's easy to kind of go through the motions on the day, but to have the final that you did have after the season must have been great personally. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, in 2018, I suppose, like I, I, I woke up the next morning and all I ever wanted to do growing up was play for Limerick and give yourself a chance to win All Ireland. And like we won the All Ireland, obviously, and that was an incredible. I'll never forget that the moment the referee blew the whistle that day when Tom caught the ball. And obviously, I was off the field. I was taken off that day. And you know, I woke up the next morning with mixed emotions. In all honesty, like I was obviously incredibly delighted. And the team. Team is the most important thing a uh, hundred times over. Even look, listen to Tiger Burke's interview last night about him and the Ulster. He said pretty much he traded straight away for the All Ireland medal, you know. So that is the most important thing. But I woke up that day with mixed emotions. I was obviously extremely proud that we had finally won the All Ireland. But I was disappointed with my own performance. Um, I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't, I didn't play as as well as I would have liked, obviously, and I was taken off. So. This year, I suppose, it was incredibly, it was brilliant to be on the field when we won the other, and I know that sounds stupid, but obviously I wasn't on the field in 2018, and um, it was really nice to be on the field in, in 2020, and um, yeah, Caroline, is, Caroline has been incredible um, for us as a team, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have got to where we got to without her over the last number of years, but she's just one really important cog in the wheel, and you know, we're, that's what we look at, there's no one in our setup that is more important than anybody else, everybody contributes to where we want to go to, you know. So, as I said, that'll be a huge challenge going forward. And actually, even thinking back about, uh, there was obviously we watched back the game so many times after. But uh, I remember a good few days after I came, finally came home, and 
after all the celebrating was done. And I sat down and even watched a bit of the analysis leading up to the game. And I remember something that has stuck with me, Henry Shefflin was talking about, um, obviously they were doing a bit of pre-match analysis and he was talking about our half-forward line and how Waterford, um, or how whatever, you know, and he was saying obviously that there was a nice bit of media attention on me leading into the game and it's tough to back it up. And um, that's that's one thing that I'm usually proud of, you know, Henry Shefflin is three or three, three other years, you know, nobody's ever won a Henry's won three times and he knows what he's talking about and he knows the pressure going into a game like that that would be on you um, having a good year like that you know so that's one thing that I'm usually proud of It's the last one for me like are you when you're coming into a game like that are you conscious of the media talking about you and how well you're playing and stuff like that do you find it easy to block it out or how does that whole thing work for you? So yeah and like in 2018 that is something that I've, that's probably a mistake I made leading into the game in the all Ireland final you know I was, uh, I was after having a really uh, really Top class quarterfinal and semi final, and I suppose I was going into the other and fine with all guns blaze, and then it's, you know there was probably a bit of media, there was probably a bit of attention going into me on that game, and I probably read a bit too much into it, or not even that I didn't. I did, like it's it's pretty much impossible nowadays to not see it, you know, unless you go into a, a dark room and don't go onto social media or anything like that, and. So the thing I did this year is that I just processed it a bit more, just talked about it. As I said, I, I would use I use Caroline a lot more in 2020 than I would have before. And it's just I sat down with her, gave her a phone call or whatever before 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 the games and just talked about, you know, the the what's important. You know, it's the age old saying that a, a clap on the back is six inches away from a kick up the hole, you know, and it's you have one bad game and fellas will be fellas will be at your neck straight away, you know. So the important thing to do is just focus on what's important. I read a really nice article recently. He's getting the way he said it. You know, he said it's 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 lovely to get the praise, and um, the most important thing is go back to work and try more and try earn more praise. You know, so um, as I said, you just gotta focus on what's important um, and keep doing what you keep doing what you were doing in every game before that you know to to to, to earn more praise so um i thought that was a nice way of putting it uh, hi, Rhodes. i'm just wondering about um uh, where you guys kind of land in terms of, of legacy i know it's very early and there's you're also young enough to, to hopefully win more Ireland's for limerick but when you think about what this team has done to all Ireland's in three years i think the limerick team has only done that once before does that become a motivating factor to try and become the greatest Limerick collection of players ever, or is that completely off the motivational table? How do you view things like that? <clears throat> yeah, like it's not something that we've ever ever discussed. Um, I know it's what you, it's not what you want to hear, and but like all we do, we sit down at the start of the year and you try and win the All Ireland for that year, and you, even at that, leading up to every game, you're not looking past the game, you know. And I know it's not what you want to hear, and it's not what anybody wants to hear, but that's all we do, you know. The second you start looking ahead or looking into the future or trying to do this or trying to do that, that's when you take your eye off the ball. And um, I suppose like it would be nice to look into the future and all that kind of stuff, but you have to check yourself and make sure that you don't because that's when, you know, there's there's, there's inter-county players all over the country right now um, that are that are working hard towards what they want, you know, so it's important to, to get back to the basics and just keep working so hard. And that's all it is. It's built on hard work and it's built on the training ground with Paul and it's built in and all the skills, skill stuff that we do are training, and that's that's as I said, that's where I'm looking forward to getting back back to and making sure that um, that the hunger is still there because with everybody else, and I'm sure it is because I've talked to a few lads already and champing at the bit to get back, you know. So that's that's what's important. There'll be plenty of time to to reflect on our on our careers when we're finished, Peter. You know, when we're retired in time, and you can we can have those discussions then. But it's important not to do those things now. Sure, and and in terms of 
like just your own awareness, say in 2018 and 2020, from speaking to people, like I know there's a, say there's a Limerick Supporters Club up in Dublin uh, and, you know, they, they were doing fundraising or whatever it might be. Do you become aware of just how important something like that actually is to people, how much it grounds them? And maybe particularly in 2020, how significant something like the Limerick Hurling team actually is to people? Does it give you more of an awareness of it? Yeah, it does. It does, without a doubt. And as I said, as I grow older, you kind of realise, you kind of take these things more... Um, you kind of realise the importance of these, of, 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 like, I always say, like, in the last, like, the 12, last 12 months has been so tough, like, and people have nothing to look forward to, like, you know, just having something to look forward to, whether that being, obviously, there was no going to games recently, or last year, but club games or having look at something to look forward to in terms of going to a training session and meeting other people, you know, life is so tough at the moment for people, and as I said, I don't follow too much into case into case numbers, or don't look at the, look at the way things are being handled. But I think it's clear to see that the way things are being handled there is so is so so poor. You know, I don't know how these people are getting away with what they're doing because in any other business or walk of life, you know, they'd they'd be they'd be they'd be let go, or they'd be sacked, or whatever you want to say. But people have nothing to look forward to at the moment, and it's just it's mind blowing that um, we're still in the position that we're in. You know, we're in, we've been in lockdown for so long now. And, case numbers are still incredibly high. I don't know. I don't know why they are. As I said, I don't I don't know too much about it. So I, I'm I'm wary to talk about these things because I don't know a lot about it. And there's obviously context behind these things. But uh the simple thing of having to, something to look forward to is such a it's such a uh, simple thing that people took took for granted in time. And I'm sure when we get out of this thing, you know, people will people will really focus in on what's important to them and a lot of positives will come out of this thing, you know, a lot of people will stop doing a lot of things that are that are meaningless to them. But as I said, having something to look forward to is something so basic that everyone took for granted before. And, you know, yourself, it's it's a tough time. And as I said, I, it, purely from a selfish point of view, I am looking forward to us getting back training because you can get to meet your, some of your best friends again and and work hard and, you know, have a bit of crack at training, you know, because it is, it is a strange time and it is tough times. But, yeah, I was even talking to my father last night, you know, he said that, he was able to deal with last year in terms of not being able to go to games, but Limerick, Limerick fans have been waiting so long for to see a bit of success, and obviously they we got our, they got their moment in 2018, but they're still starved of success, and they're fanatical fans down here, and people are just mad to get back onto games, and I don't know whether they'll be back this year or not, but I'm, I'm sure that, well, if they're not, they should be making some sort of contingency plans to get even fans into games in some capacity you know because it, it, if it can be done it should be done and in my opinion it probably it probably can be done um you look at crow park it's an 82,000 seater stadium like you can social you can socially distance i don't know i'm sure that they, they have done they've done research into it but i'm sure you could socially distance a couple of thousand people in the stadium no problem whatsoever you know whether even if you can just get your family and close friends in or whatever in some some capacity I think it could be done, and if it can be done, it should be done, you know, because people are people have nothing to look forward to at the moment, as, as depressing as that sounds, but it's the reality that we're living in. Sure, and just a final one for me. Um, you said earlier on about the, the elite status. I suppose um, it looks like it might change, or at least that's what's been suggested in certain quarters, but did it surprise you? Was, was it something that kind of came out of the blue? Like, were you thinking, all right, we're going back and training in a couple of weeks, and then it suddenly happened on whatever day, and it sort of was a bolt from the blue, kind of? It was, yeah. Um like, I know, bar, barring the obvious case from last year, there was pretty much no cases uh, from what I heard from GA teams. You might know more than me, and if you do, be free, feel free to feel free to to challenge me on that. But I didn't see many cases linked to any GA teams last year. So, especially inter county, 
And um, yeah, like it did take me by surprise usually. And like, I just don't understand these decisions. Like they don't give you any reason as to why they make these decisions. Um, whether they should or shouldn't, I don't know. But I think a bit of transparency behind some of the decisions they make would be would be nice. And um, yeah, by all accounts, I, I've heard that in through the grapevine that it is going to change. Now that's not coming from any official source or anything like that, but hopefully it will change. And as I said, we can get back training and give people something to talk about. It isn't case case numbers and coronavirus because I just it's such negativity. And um, yeah, hopefully to do, hopefully to do, hopefully we hear some positive news sooner rather than later. Brilliant, thanks. Garod, just one more for me. Looking ahead to 2021, like we hear a lot of players talking about when they're all Ireland champions, there's a target on your back and things like that. Um, did you learn anything from 2019 in that regard that you might be able to apply to the coming year? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I suppose, as I said, we haven't we haven't sat down together yet, and I'm sure we will discuss we will discuss that exact uh, that exact question that you just said there um, when we do eventually sit down. Um, but yeah, look, I suppose if you look back through the you look back through the history books, I, I don't think Limerick have ever won back to back All Irelands. If you think about it recently, only Kilkenny um and Cork, I suppose, in this in this since two thousand onwards have 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 won back to backs off the top of my head. So it's a tough thing to do. So it's something that's that's a huge challenge that is that is uh, ahead of us in twenty twenty one. But personally I love a challenge. Um I love trying to do things that I've never done before and I I'm I'm confident that the lads are in the same position. Um, as I said, we probably won't discuss it too much. You know, it's just that we're going to sit down. It's a new year. My father always said on the 1st of January every year, he used to go training because there was no All-Ireland champions on the 1st of January. You know, so as far as I'm concerned, there's no, there's no All-Ireland champions at the moment. It's a new year. Everybody's starting on a clean slate. Everybody wants to win the All-Ireland and everybody's doing, everybody's going to put in that hard work and, uh, you know, made the best team win. Girl, one more for me there. You mentioned just something you touched on earlier about you know some comments you might have seen or you didn't see. Sorry, back in 2016 when you were coming onto the panels. Um, oh, I saw plenty of them. Don't worry, I just didn't see that. I didn't see that particular one. Well, then, just maybe would you talk a little bit more about some of those comments? Like, was that coming from social media, like forums? Because obviously, you're seeing that there's a lot of people in the Premier League speaking up about social media abuse, and you know they, they get a cost. Yeah. For an inter-county player, is, is it a problem as well? <coughs> like. I don't I don't vividly remember uh, seeing any abuse on social media in terms of years ago. Now I got a bit of abuse this year on social media, uh, but like I'm 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 well well experienced at this stage to take it. It's, it doesn't bother me. It never really bothered me. It never bothered me. It just gave me motivation to prove these people wrong. Um, as I said, I don't remember any personal examples. I couldn't tell you anything that was said by anybody in particular or anything like that. I don't remember people the people that said it or anything like that. I just remember to remember the comments and they're all they all used to revolve around that he's not good enough to play hurling for Limerick and so on and so forth. And as I said, that's that was always a huge motivation um for me to prove these people wrong and um to get just to get the best out of myself. As I said at the end of the day, you I'm all, I'm always only competing against myself. I'm always trying to just improve on my last performance and improve improve on my last year and so on and so forth. Try to get better Try to be a better person, a better hurler than the day than than the day before, you know. And it's something that I've written down several times. I keep a bit of a journal. Um, I wouldn't be writing into it all the time, but um, looking back at my journals from 2019 and 2020 in preparation for the for the Austin thing, that are nice. Like I always wrote down, just try. I'd, the one thing I always want to do is just try to get the best out of myself, and it's something that I, I'm a, I'm very passionate about. You know, I, I hate wasted potential, and I know fr friends of mine growing up better better hurlers than me. Several lads on my club team when we were growing up underage, I wasn't the best club hurler on my team. 
and I just hate wasted potential and I always would 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 be annoyed with myself and um, very sad if I look back on, on my time with Limerick and I didn't get the best out of myself, you know, um, in 20, 30 years time. So that's what I'm saying. It's just a journey of, of self-improvement and I'm always trying to improve. And I know it's, it sounds cliched, but like it just comes down to hard work. If you're willing to put in the hard work, you can get to where you get to where you want to go to. And it's I'm a huge believer in that. I'm extremely passionate about that. And uh like to, I'm lucky to be lucky to be in a in a in a squad and um, looked after by a management team that believe that hard work is the key the key to success and that's what it is. There's no secret to success, only that. So yeah, you know, as I said, I just can't wait to get back training and get back working hard. And it's the journal question. That's very gone. Sorry, Daniel. Far away. Yeah, it's just is that journal thing. Is that a weekly thing you keep, or is it just whenever you have thoughts or? Uh, no, it's yeah. It's, it's, as I said, like anytime I read a nice article or see any nice bit of nugget of information, I always like writing it down, you know, um, <clears throat> because I'm big into big into I'm big into the psychology side of things. I've said that before, and I like reading books. Love reading. Love all sports. Just love watching sports. Watching sports documentaries. Reading. I, I read so much about sport. I don't read anything. I don't read anything about Ireland GA, you know, because you don't want to be reading about yourself for obvious reasons. But. Uh, like I just love reading about sport and I love the I love the psychology behind the whole thing, you know. So anytime I see something, a nugget of information or read a book and I I'd pick out bits and pieces along the way and I'd highlight them and write them down. And I might I might I, it, it's there as it's there as a crutch if you need it in terms of lead up to the game, if you need a bit of extra motivation or you just need to check yourself um if you're having to, if you're if you're after having a really good game to bring yourself back down to earth. Anything like that, you know, it's just it's just an additional additional uh, bit of a bit of uh, weaponry if you need it, you know. So it's it's just something I do. As I said, I always tell my students in school, find what works best for you, you know. And it's something that I'm always challenging myself on, making sure if you have a bad day, what did you do in the lead up to the game? What didn't work? Why did you not play well? If you had a good day, what did I do in the lead up to the game? What did I do on the day that made me play well? You know. So as I said, it's just learning from your experiences, good and bad. Preview.